Yes, we're here. We're live. Awesome. Dudes and dudettes, welcome to the Very A Podcast. I'm Sean. This is Cass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the visual experience. Yeah. I li- you- I, it's funny when you try to put when you try to <laughs> put <laughs> professionalism in your voice. Put that yuck in your voice. Our guest today is Noah Lampert from the Synchronicity Podcast. Mm. Yeah. We are waiting for him to join us. I'm going to let him know that he can and should join us. And when he joins us, there'll be a very loud doorbell sound, and then we'll be right into it, right? Uh Uh-huh. And if you are listening to this on our just audio-only feeds, know that you can watch us at youtube.com slash veryape. And if you dig us, say something nice. Be sweet. I'm texting him now. We in here. We're in here. We're waiting for our party boy. Party boy Noah Lampert. Favorite favorite number one party boy. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wanted to light up uh, something that smells good. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Get the vibe right. Let's admit him. Woo! There it goes. Some copal. Hi there. Yes. Oh. There What's you going on? are. Wow, look at your setup. You look legit. I uh, I have a studio going, and I just also spoke to Sean, my former weed-growing person. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's going on. Do I need to record from my end? Yes, Noah, every time. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I know. Hold on. I have to get out of this full screen. How do you sound so good? How do I sound so good? Yeah, it's weird. We've done a bunch of these now, and no one sounds good. Because no one's legit. I know what I'm doing, man. I also have a really good microphone and a really good preamp into a really good interface. So that helps. Um, But hold on. I got to get my recording going. I'm rolling a joint. Now I need a minute. How are you guys? How's everything going? Good. We're we're live. We're recording. We're, we're not live. We're though. not live. That'd be funny though. <laughs> One day. Um, yeah, we're. Recording. We can easily do live too. Well, you're recording from your end, but you don't hear me. Or are you recording me? We're recording you. For but... some reason, the vibe is different. I don't know if you've faced this, but when you know it's going out live, like there's just this little thing. Like, like, oh, I don't know why. I just can't like so get into my flow. I've, I've done enough of the YouTube things now. Let me just record. I have this. Um, very a thirty. I've done enough of the live stream things, um, where I just jump on the YouTube for patrons for the Patreon shit that I'm just used to it now, and I just like they're really that dividing line just isn't there most of the time. But I will say sometimes I'll jump on a podcast, you know, and it'll take like ten or fifteen minutes for it to like ease like people doing a podcast. That I notice more than the the live the live stream shit. I just like. Once you're doing it, you're, you you get used to it after, I think, like, 20 would be my guess. Yeah, it's so funny. We were just talking about this, like, every podcast we're doing in the first five minutes now, I'm like, oh, we're not putting this out. Let's it just doesn't end. work. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not working. It's, and that's, then, how I, that's how I feel. I'm recording now officially, too. Oh, thank you. So Appreciate you. You have backup. Um, yeah, same. That's how I feel. I did one yesterday. I just put it out today, and I was like, I don't know if we're making sense. This sounds like it could be. This could be weird, and then like it turned it out. I was turned it out. Jesus, I was like, it turned out really fucking good though. Um, 
So yeah, that's just how it goes. We did our best podcast I think we've ever done yesterday over Skype, and uh, we just put it Ooh. out with Nicholas Powers, but this one will probably top that, you know? <laughs> just, <laughs> just keep keep going for the gold, man. That's how it works. Yeah, well, I, I don't. I think it's one of those things that's like, uh, hold yourself to a standard. Like, I don't know, every one of these we go into, I'm like, let's just send out a little prayer that this is our best one ever. I think, don't you have, I mean, I also do the same thing. I've also found like, this happened to me, I think, a couple ago where, like, I don't know about you guys, but nothing in, in particular has been, like, gnarly, like, heavy energy in my life circumstantially. In fact, if I'm looking around, it's gotten a lot easier in almost every way. But, like, something over the past two weeks, there was some wave of something. And, like, I was recording a couple of things and I listened. List, I was actually like, I don't know if that was my best one. I usually feel like, holy shit, I fucking nailed it. But then I went back and listened to it and I was like, oh, no. It was really good. Like I didn't, now it seems like the tendency on my behalf is to like just assume that I've done a good job, even if it feels like I don't. And that somehow seems to impact what happened. And then like the, it's it's some weird connection there. I don't know exactly what it is, but. Sometimes it's the opposite. I'm like, that was horrible. I sounded horrible. I think about how I sounded so horrible for so long. And then I'm like, I just need to break this pattern. And I listen back and I'm like, well, I don't sound as horrible as I thought I sounded. So that there's the relief, right? Yeah. There is something. <laughs> there is something. There is something you said. Do you hear that like shaking in between when we're talking? It's like, shh, 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 shh. do you guys hear it? Or is it just um, me? I think you're picking it up because our computer mic and Carrie's making some delicious uh, food, but we don't really pick it up it so is. much. Oh, okay. I was just end, making so. sure it wasn't a delay. Cause I was like, this is what I'm <laughs> like. That's insane. I get it. I get it. Computer mic. Okay. I don't think there's much of a delay, but I think what people are going to have to get used to if they're going to be watching our thing on YouTube is like the people's voices aren't going to be in sync always because there's just only so much we could do about that. Yeah, the YouTube shit, it is really hard to get them synced. You know what we ended up doing? It's what we're doing now. I was just talking about this um, with my friend Lara. Basically, we record locally the conversation and then just do that and then it sounds perfect so it Mm. all actually always does sound good but when you're doing the live streams and people are like synced up dude i can't yeah i can't do it i can't do it i switched the phone with ramin like a few weeks ago because like we were it was like 20 minutes of us trying to organize this thing and i'm like i think we could just talk on the phone to each other and record locally and it's the same thing and then the video is there for people want to see it Mm. but yeah oh are you doing video recordings now too of people I don't do them. I just am watching what you guys do. I just, I do the videos of myself for the live streams on mm. YouTube, but that's just one person. When you add in other people and you have to sync it up, it's mm. a whole other beast. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to figure all this, all this stuff out. Like no, it's crazy, crazy to me that like literally everyone was said, you have to be home. And I got like a million emails that day of like, watch us online. And I'm like, how did you get this figured out already? Like we've been doing this for years and we're just, so we're taking our time, but we want to get it right. You know? Yeah. I think the biggest thing, like I even watched um post Malone do this Nirvana thing mm-hmm. yeah. um, the other day. And like, the truth is, is like that, that was an amazing concept. It was a great tribute, but the audio was bad. Like it wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be for like, what people want in replacement of a concert. And that's right. what this book, this is what people are trying to adapt to. They're like, yo, we're, we want to go to live shows. We want to feel live music. Some people are plugging in their interva- interfaces and the music is getting streamed the same way. But there are these little technical things that I think, 
I don't know. I think almost in some ways it's meant to show us the flaws and inherent kind of things that won't work and won't replace actually going and experiencing these things. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most is like, I was just talking about this the other day, like live events. We were talking about so many live events and then this shit happened. I know people with venues who are in this industry with restaurants, all these things. And they're all like, they can't run them. It's this big fucking deal. And even the States where they're opening them again, a lot of the local businesses are like, this sucks even worse. Cause now you're saying we have to be opened. We can't get relief and we have to let in like 30% for social distancing. It's like a whole thing. So it's fucking people there. But anyway, the point is, mm. is when this shit is over, I'm thinking like mm, summertime, I think when people are just like, we have to go out and they're like, okay, shit. Right. Um, I do think people want live events again and I think they're going to happen. And I think a lot of this digital stuff as good as it is. And as great as we've been, you kind of knew my stance was, and you guys were doing it before we never did remote shit. And then I, I was doing it all the time and I said, I'm never going to do it again. And of course, like three months later, I have (laughs) to do it again. So, but I do think that this really speaks to like being in person with people or Mm. like the conversations being in person. It's, it's a, it's another dimension for sure well i mean it's like we've definitely been hypnotized i think over the past 10 years at least when we've been in the social media era of of humanity that somehow this is a replacement for getting together in person or having in-person friends or or this it's just it's not it's i think we all feel that right now yeah and it's like it's beautiful when it can like facilitate moments between people that otherwise wouldn't happen so i recognize that but i do like if we have the opportunity as human beings to congregate and like experience, you know, each other in person, that's like a big part of having like a physical body. Like we could do this as like ethereal spirit beings without being in person, like for infinity, you know, this particular Mm -hmm. place, we have these bodies and shit. We want to kind of use them. I feel like people are just getting a, a greater appreciation for that though. You know what I mean? It's like as much as like I've enjoyed, um, you know, the pause and the routines and the great waking up. I think the real lesson that seems to be emerging is like, this is a beautiful place that we live in around a lot of beautiful people. Mm. And if we can just appreciate that should be in pretty good shape. And like nothing will make you appreciate it more than being kind of like, you know, not really imprisoned. It's the wrong word. I see it being thrown around, but like, you know, told to stay inside most of the time. Mm -hmm. That's just not normal or natural. So yeah, for, yeah, forfeiting our right to congregate. We just our our guest yesterday was saying this. Nicholas Powers. He was just like, it's you know, it's a powerful statement that we're willing to sacrifice. That it is a statement of solidarity to to say that we're that we'll we'll all do this thing for each other. Like we'll we'll give up the way things were for e- for each other, so we don't get sick. You know, it's it's kind of cool. It's it's groovy. It's it's both ways, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I see it from both perspectives, and that's why I don't get too attached to either one. Which is, yeah. And then I also notice like there's this weird anti-death cult that's emerging, and like mm. death is a part of life. They're interwoven, and it's not that we just like let Nazis go and create genocide everywhere and let the virus go wreak havoc because like we're being ignorant, but. There's only so much you can do. You're going to yeah. die. Everyone you love and ever, ever cared about is going to die. Like the means and the methods don't have to be Corona, but like there is, yeah. there's something, there's some real gentle, what feels like feminine wisdom in this virus. Um, well, Denise was, Denise was saying that she thinks viruses are feminine and bacteria mm. are masculine. She heard that from someone. I was like, oh, interesting. Shit. Very interesting. Well, I think. I really like what you're saying and I feel like it really needs to be brought into the conversation because the way people are dying from Corona is like 
kind of really tragic and it doesn't need to be that tragic and we can maybe have a because it's like one virus that's that's killing people we can have a conversation about how people are dying and how they're passing and that can be a doorway into a larger conversation about how we allow people to die and pass every day from a myriad of different things yeah that's hugely true i I feel like stripping away all this stimulation like we're resensitizing ourselves and we're regaining our dignity so I feel like conversations about death, uh, really pretty much conversations about anything right now are going to take on a greater depth. And That's yeah, right key. now we might be at the beginning of, a, of this conversation about like, well, what, what is death? And, and why do we allow people to die in such an in undignified way here? Why do we disappear the uh, entire populations of people who are old and sick? Like they're, they're not a part, they're not in the the they're they're just not part of the conversation there there it just feels like you reach an age you reach a level of being sick and you're just like not part of society anymore unless you're joe biden unless you're yeah, joe biden unless you're yeah. joe biden <laughs> then you're propped up there like weekend at bernie's it's <laughs> <laughs> you fucking fuck. what is this in he's like the crip hits crazy oh. i know and I, god love him for having to play that role i mean he you know he doesn't even really want to do it either it's, there's like some ego urge that's just like making him lurch forward like zombie like but like he doesn't even want that shit well he's getting um, propped up like you said like with his wife speaking for him at this it's point. it's like weekend and, at yeah. bernie's it's yeah, hilarious totally. it's, it is Holy what it is shit, um man. yeah the thing about death and i think what you're saying is really true like you can't disappear it I think Jill, Jill Shock, my friend, the death duel in LA. Have you spoken to her? You guys would, would like her a lot. But she was saying a no, lot of this. Yeah, you definitely should. Like death duels are cool people in general. But mm. a lot of this started in this country, particularly if you're looking at it historically, let's pull away the ener- not the whole overarching energetics of it. During the Civil War, there became a profiteering from funeral services mm. and burying people and removing them from the home and embalming them and doing this because so many people were dying locally mm. and regionally because it was the civil war. It's like everyone you know is fucking dead. So this turned into an industry that maybe in and of itself wasn't built to be evil, but was capitalizing, you know, let's assume unconsciously um, as mm. a destructive force that really then separated the dying first. The dying are now separated from people. There's not part of the process. Get them out of here, which then went into the medical field, which then started taking people away when they're sick. You know, they can't be in the home anymore, um, which is really like I think the ultimate inhumanity of this stuff too. And like I don't know if you guys saw this, but just to tie it into this, the corona stuff, like I saw a thing, um, I think it was on Sky News about in Switzerland They've done studies. I don't know if this is true. I don't want to be a fucking anti-vaxxer by mistake or saying some crazy (laughs) shit that I don't know. I'll just say that right now. But it was an article. I didn't have time to read. I had to go spend time with my kids. But it's important to me because they were saying that children under the age of 10 don't seem to be able to transmit the disease to elderly people. So they were in Switzerland literally telling grandparents to go like hug their grandchildren. They recognize it's the joy of their world. Like don't deprive this. This is something that a lot of people look forward to. So I was like, I'm going to read the article. I was telling all my grandparents, you know, of my kids, I was like, I'm going to read the article. I'll make sure it's not ridiculously. I'll make sure, you know, it's not bullshit. But if they're doing this, these would be the steps people would want to see. Because like as deadly as this thing is and as horrible as some of the dying aspects are, um, some of these things could probably be preventable. Retrospectively looking back, I think we'll look back at like the, the kind of scalpel approach that was taken to this in terms of the medical community this isolation these ventilators and then all this stuff 
I don't know. We'll, we have, time will tell, but I think the lessons that we can learn from it is like we definitely shouldn't ostracize the dead and then the old um, mm-hmm. because that will just naturally cascade into how we treat ourselves. And Ooh, uh, yeah. it's a part of life. It really is. You don't want to run away from it. It's, it's part of life. Death. And yeah. we're dying all the time. Yeah. Right? Every, every second dying, of every day. Every second of every day. Like, uh, I don't know. When I go to sleep at night, I know I'm going into some fucking realm that I don't seem to have control over. And it's it's not me, but it is me. And, like, I don't know. That, that seems to be a mini death. I'm pretty sure that I can't remember what language uh, it is, but the the word orgasm. Le petit amour. I was just talking about this yesterday on the podcast. Yeah. She met Brown and it's in French. Le petit amour. It's like the little death. The little orgasm. death. Yeah. Mm. And, and and really, what is that? Like I don't, when you have an orgasm, what is that? That It's just like this this temporary removal of the veil where you're just very quickly in the oneness and it feels ecstatic and crazy. Orgasm. We were talking about that with sex, how there is this release function of it and tension can be built up in a lot of different ways, but this release function is kind of this active surrendering or death process. And that's kind of what we build that tension up in this realm energetically in other places, but mastering it is how long do you wait until you come? Do you want to yeah. make it basically unbearable? <laughs> so are you the type of person who wants to be like, you know, tantalize until you want to fucking scream or you just want to go for it wham bam thank you man like figuring out how you want to do it and we were talking about how sex is such an amazing modality because it's such a primal urge but like the energies of it like when you really get into it you can play around like in so many different ways to teach you about what life is about because all these things are death it is like a release process attention and release and as long as you're here, you're going through it. So you might as well learn the fucking rules, right? That's, that's yeah. what I think. Yeah. There yeah. are some rules. It's so important. I'm thinking of my mom. Her like really good friend was this uh, 96-year-old woman, you know, best friend and whatever. And, and she, um, you know, was having trouble with blood circulation. Like was pretty much on her way out. But she decided to uh, option for an amputation to try to like live longer. And so she ended up, because she did the amputation of her foot, she ended up being in the hospital, having to, like, get that taken care of. Instead of taking the route of, like, I am going to die, I'm 96, and I can have all my friends and family come by and say goodbye, and I can do it on my own terms. But there's this, um, maybe it's an American mentality of, like, fight, 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 fight. Mm. And maybe that's what made her even live to 96. Like, I'm not even trying to. When did she die? How old, though? Did she die later after the surgery? Very shortly after. Very shortly after. By herself. And she was just, like, unfortunate and lonely and upset. The lesson she wanted. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, obviously it was perfect. And I'm not even trying to judge it. But I I think it it does tell a larger story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of, um, like, that's not wrong. That was her path. You learned from it. Do you want to do that? It sounds like something you don't want to do. Me too. Agreed. Totally. Yeah. Don't want to do, definitely don't want to do that. I mean, you know, we can thank her for showing us a path that we don't want to take. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Look at it like, I think of it like sometimes like Mario Brothers, right? You just watch someone fall in a pit. You jump over the thing next time. Just jump over it. You know what yeah, I mean? Don't yeah. run into the Goomba. That's all. Just take a different path. Got to honor yeah. the Marios who went before us. Totally. And she, she was an incredible woman. And, and so, but it, I think us all having this conversation collectively and, yeah. and bringing death into like a part of, you know, the traditions and beyond just like the mourning and the funeral, but of, you know, 
I don't know. At least I want my death to be a celebration. So, so I think it will be. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it should. It should feel like a celebration. It should feel like a graduation, and we totally instead project all these feelings around it, and industries are created to deal with those feelings. It's a mystery. That's why it's the, it's such a big mystery for people. But I do think that like a lot of the psychedelics and a lot of the experiences we go through are training if you want to, and if you accept the kind of root lesson that. Yes, you're going to die physically, but mm. it's probably not the end because nothing is the end. Just look at stuff. Like even your physical body will get recycled into the earth in some way or it'll be used for something. It stays in this ecosystem, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's enough evidence to just kind of be like, all right, this is going to happen. And from that point, just you can then live life the way you want to live it. And I, I also play around with like, you know, I think potentially we can choose the time of death. I think potentially we can Do you want to tell us all when you're going to die? I mean, I I don't want to make any predictions and fasten them into sp- into time and space. Um, but I definitely feel like 99 is a cool age. But like I want to give leeway that if I'm like 65 and I'm like, yo, I could take this shit to fucking 130 and people. <laughs> it's just like also possible, like. Yeah. It sounds insane now, but like, and maybe it is, and maybe who knows, but I'm just saying like, who knows what's going to happen? Just think of like from five years ago, what the world was like. Totally. Would you upload your consciousness? No, I don't think I'd do the upload consciousness because it seems redundant because I feel like we are kind of the base level players in the game. And so like that already exists and like you could get deeper and deeper in that rabbit hole if you wanted to, but like, I don't know. That's probably what this is at the end of the day is like our consciousness is uploaded somehow. We get to like phase in and out of the experiences we want. And uh, it seems to be the point is love and acceptance (laughs) and, you know, and fun. That really Mm. seems to be like a, a, a narrative you can choose. And if you can choose that, I don't see why, even if it wasn't the exact age, the maybe the, the feeling you would have when you're dying or after you had died you could definitely tap into that and that should take a lot of the stress off. I would think it does for mm. me at least. And like, I do combat this. Listen, ketamine will teach you this very quickly. Any dissociative, <laughs> you'll go to places where you haven't explored this stuff and it'll put you ah, like right up to it. But enough right. that you still have your sense of like, I am this. So you're like, Oh God, I got to encounter this thing. So it's not that like these aren't challenged concepts ever, but it is kind of like this boundary testing thing. And then you get enough glimpses that I think you're like, oh, well, if that's true, then this is just, let's play with this reality a little bit. That's what it feels like to me right now. It feels like we're gods and goddesses waking up and being able to play with reality and everything's getting psychedelic. And for people who know how to like thrive in uncertainty, you know. Mm. Yeah, and right. I, I feel like it's it's something that fortunately we got to practice in person so much. Like our little group of people who, I don't even know how consciously we were doing work together, but... I don't know, we just all like seem to like puncture the veil together a little bit and like get through and like have these moments of uh, crazy community connection and like where, where we're all like kind of coming back and seeing the world in a new way and like looking at a band like Ween and being like, whoa, as opposed to like, yeah, cool, yeah, more music, cool, consume, consume, consume. It's it's like you put on this new lens of gratitude and you're seeing your friends do it too and you're all like seeing things differently. And 
uh, I think that comes from the practice of dying, those mini deaths you get from, yeah, a crazy ketamine trip or smoking DMT. And when you come back, I don't know, at least for me, when I come back, especially from DMT, I am, it, it feels like chemically filled with gratitude. Like I couldn't possibly see the world in any other way. I'm just so grateful to be back here and to have the opportunity to be Sean and to make the best of it and to feel the pain and to feel the joys and feel the sorrows and just like kind of just show up for it all and know all that stuff's inherent. The, the, the pain, it's, it's inherent to the situation, but it doesn't have to become suffering. And, you know, that all of this stuff, what I'm talking about comes from accidentally practicing dying and then turning that into a <laughs> conscious practice. <laughs> like nitrous, my God. Whoa. I mean, I don't do it anymore, but cause I feel like I <laughs> got the message. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, oh man, did I like multi-dimensional travel many, many of times and also just get like the serious download that like you're a multi-dimensional traveler. Yeah. You can try to hold on to this dimension, but like you're not, you can let go. And if you go with the flow, you can keep moving. But if you don't, you're just going to get left behind. And, and that's kind of <laughs> how it goes. Yeah, that is really how it goes. And like, I think the beauty in that is that you're still here as like a consistent form of consciousness and none of that negates anything. And it's like, I, I just generally feel like I've seen this movie and like, I know this movie is like one of the best movies. It's like, mm. that's really how it feels. And it doesn't negate pain. Like also this thing has happened to me. So like since we've started talking, I get this pain in like my upper back area. So like I've had this new superpower. I don't know what the fuck to do with it yet. I don't know if it's dead people. I don't know what the fuck it is. But anyway, it happens. I'll feel these random flashes of pain. It'll only be in certain circumstances. And it'll be trying to like tell me something. So like I feel like these moments where we've been kind of like isolated either alone or in partnerships or in tri you know trio ships whatever it is <laughs> we're learning or people with their families for anyone listening you're in a different permutation of a relationship regardless right. of where you are with yourself yeah. at the very least um we're kind of unlocking various powers um one of them for me has been like a valid route that i try to like at least recognize and try to understand where the messages come from is pain, what we would call pain and figuring out like that that is also woven in with pleasure and trying to figure out how do we modulate that? What is mm. the lesson that's trying to be taught there for using pain as a mechanism um, rather than reacting to it, which was definitely my previous tendency is I would react to any pain, any illness, any sickness. I was straight up hypochondriac, whereas now it's like I get that there's something here. And that's, I think, a very important, I, that's what I also feel like this virus is really trying to teach people. If mm. there is a lesson, mm. you're responsible for your health, for real, whether that's you feeling you need to exercise, whether that's you feeling you need to eat the right things, whether that's feeling you need to feel emotionally stable and healthy, like this is everyone's responsibility. A healthcare system, even at the end of the day, isn't going to tell you whether you're healthy or not. Even free healthcare for everyone, Right. yes, it's going to help people who have never had any level of like you know, authority be like, you're good. You're okay. Like, here's some medicine. This is some shit we've seen before. It's going to treat mm -hmm. it. But everyone is kind of like learning their own lessons for how to be personally accountable for their oh, own yeah. health. Yeah, yeah. And like, it can sound callous because you could be looking at like communities or people who are just like clearly getting impacted more by resources not being available. Like up here, at least in upstate New York, like they just said they have antibody testing for people mm. who want to go and get it, which is a big deal. Like for a lot of people who think you can be immune with these things, that would mean you can go do things, see people, blah, 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 blah. There are plenty of places in New York City where you can 
definitely not get that. Like you yeah. can't just right. go up and get antibodies like right now. That's just not right. something you can do. So you want to be mindful of that. But like, I don't know, you guys tell me you've been literally at the epicenter. How do you guys feel? How have you been like riding the waves? Like what's, what's it been like? The waves have been pretty smooth. I feel like the, 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 the biggest, craziest tidal wave so far was probably right after the 420 weekend. Like we, we did acid and we celebrated 420 pretty hard. We celebrated bicycle day very hard. And, uh, you know, there was like, there was a little bit of a, like coming back down of like, whoa, but really, really, uh, not that bad. I I think what I've started to get tapped into, um, across the board and I don't, I can't really speak to New York city or Brooklyn because we're not really seeing anyone, but it feels like, um, our culture and our education system and maybe even the way we parent, uh, keeps us like infantilized throughout our whole life. Yes. So we develop this strange relationship with permission and um unless an authority tells us uh, our boss tells us to do work you're not going to really do work unless a doctor tells you to get healthy you're not going to really get healthy unless that you know like unless the government says you don't have to pay rent you're going to keep paying rent (laughs) yeah uh, unless you you uh have the money you're not going to make art unless you you know like like all these things like these hurdles we we put in our way and and it keeps us small and and it keeps us um not doing exactly what you just said, looking out for our our own temple here in the in the best way possible. Because you know how to. We all know how to. It's yeah. like when you had a kid. You knew how to parent. Whether you knew it or not, you knew how to parent. Something clicks in. We know how to do it. We just got to listen. This time has given us such an ample opportunity to learn how to listen again, to listen to each other, but really kind of listen to your heart. Like, what do you need? What do you need here? That's the lesson. That's yeah. like the biggest lesson that we can take away from this stuff. I realized this today because I had to tell Eli about something and something I've been trying to figure out how to teach him because I personally believe this is my belief system. So I don't teach him anything I don't believe because that would be ridiculous. I believe that everyone is in charge of their own consciousness and ultimately they're in control of their reality. So when I ask him and I've asked him this many times, I'll be like, do you think you're in charge? And he will every single time be like, yeah. And so a level of me has to be like to a three and a half year old. It's like, dude, no, you're not. Like, I can't let you do whatever you want, whatever <laughs> you want. So I was trying to figure out a way to convey that I do think he's in charge, but that there are still some other structures he's going to want to be aware of. And I think I figured it out today and he seemed to understand it. I was like, you're in charge of your choices you make and your reaction to what other people are presenting to you. If you feel that your obstacle is insurmountable and you want to freak out and cry, there may be consequences. You're not going to be judged for that, but like just recognize everything is a choice you're making at any given point and figure out kind of relationally what you're seeing out there related to how you feel. And he seemed to understand that pretty well because I didn't want to deny his ability to create his reality, but I also want to be able to tell him like, dude, yeah, I'm going to have to yell at you if you try to put your fork in an electric socket. Like, that's just yeah. a lesson. You're, you know, it's just sorry. Like, you don't know yet. You're going to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, also the F word. People may not like this parenting stance, but this is what I taught him about the fucking F word. Is <laughs> the fucking F word. <laughs> she was out with Alexis on the street and there was a family and he said something like, you know, I don't want to do that fucking mom. You know, like to Alexis. And awesome. he thought, and here's the thing, he, he thinks it's, he thinks it's funny, right? He thinks exactly that's the right reaction. So I'm looking at Alexis when she's telling me, and even I can see, even though she's mad by it, cause it embarrassed her and something, I'm like, listen, Eli, here's the deal. You just don't understand when contextually it's funny. It's not like you did something bad. Like you, it's not like you can't, it's not like you can't. And also like, 
good luck to fucking people trying to raise their kids listening to music without hearing bad words. Or even you're listening done. to us and how we've just become yeah, no, accustomed you're to speaking, done. right? You're done. So it's right. not about the word, but it's about understanding when it is funny, when it's mean, when it's not nice and all that stuff. And I basically was telling him, and she was like, we'll talk about this. But I was like, you know, it's not that the word is inherently bad. I was just trying to explain to him, like, you don't understand when to use it yet. Like there is a point in time for <laughs> emphasis or naturally, but like yeah, I was, I, my, was, I did the same thing you guys did. I just laughed when I heard the context. I was like, that's really funny. I love that you're teaching your son that there is maybe appropriate times to use the F word at his age. <laughs> I know he's, he's, he's pretty smart though. He's, he's really smart. And he's also I, like, he's like me. It's weird, man. It's so weird. Guys. I think it's a good style of parenting really to tell you the truth. It's like, it's like almost like, non-censorship like uh, hey like the, we have a friend i remember <clears throat> our friend isaac told us like when he was a kid his dad used to let him watch whatever movies and my parents were kind of like that too and when his dad was like hey how come i can't watch rated r movie like he asked his dad like why can't i watch rated r movies when i go to other people's house but you let me and he goes i just think that the world is rated r and yeah. you know, <laughs> what am i gonna pr protect you from that you know i i think there's definitely something to be said from not hiding, not not hiding things or creating be sensitivities that will then turn into inevitable things that, that Eli wants to do or say. That's anyway. the whole thing. Mm. That's the whole thing. It's not even skillful. It's like you're going to breed someone who so wants this thing. This is what I realized. Like, let him burn it out. You know, let him yeah. either be propelled and fueled consistently by what he's passionate about or let him burn out something that he thinks is like not actually that big of a deal like he'll figure it out either way like kids are also so much smarter than i think at least these kids like i don't know they're not even in school do you know what i mean like they're prevented this kid was going through his life going through you know daycare then preschool and then they're like nada mm -hmm. birthdays right. are all weird they can't even see your friends it's some weird fucking twilight zone existence but for them, it's normal. They don't have any context. Yeah. There's no like way it used to be. But like, is it going to we be normal when it goes back to normal? Because like I, my friend put up a video of her kid chasing a, around her sister um, and like being like her. She's just running away like this from the kid. So the kid's like, wait, what's going on? Like, I'm, I'm chasing you. But like we used to have this interface and we don't have that anymore. I mean, I don't know. I just I don't That's... I haven't really changed my behavior around oh, my bet. children <laughs> at all like, I'm, like i had a great i mean like i'm not reckless like i don't i'm a responsible parent for as crazy as i'm gonna come off on this but like the truth is is like there's certain aspects of reality that like if you feel like your child can handle it they can fucking handle it like you yeah. don't have to dumb it down for them it's patronizing it's like you know it's not what anyone wants in life and it's not like you let your kid do whatever like but you know, he learned about consequences today. He learned about like, if you make the choice here to like do this and do this to mommy or act like this, you will get, this will happen. We're going to take one of your cars away and it will get like, it's not going to be pleasant. We're not doing it because mm. we don't like you or we think you're bad, but like you're making choices and that choices leads to this. You haven't figured out how to completely create the reality that over, you know, you believe it more than we believe that this is how it's oh, going to work. Oh man, you're going to create a master and he's going to have fun with you at some point. That's going to be great. Oh, already. He's already. It's <laughs> insane. You don't understand. It happens so early. That's what I'm saying. So I might as well teach him like an unfiltered view of reality, not recklessly. It's not like we're going to fucking like strip clubs and like showing like the underbelly of society. It's just like the F word. I, I listen to enough music. Like it's said enough. 
you know, mm-hmm. the music you love, like there's, there was the song I was playing it for him. <laughs> CPS, hopefully now hasn't come. What was that? Everybody, are you really on drugs? It was on oh, one yeah. of your playlists. And it's just a really good song. It's relaxing. Yeah. And he fell asleep to it. And I'm like laughing that he's falling asleep subconsciously to a song. Say, are you really on drugs? <laughs> it's just funny to By me. By the clean, great, great song, great band. Are you really Yeah, on so drugs? it's just like at the end of the day, like am I going to only play Raffi for him? For how? For what <laughs> right. age is he going to listen to fucking Raffi until? Raffi drove me insane. I used to love it, of course. But like if I heard some other shit, I least, my parents used to play like The Who. My grandparents mm-hmm. would play like like. Got what something. about like what about okay you it's like five six years from now you catch eli smoking are you the kind of guy who's like we're about to smoke a fucking pack of cigarettes together you're like you're no. gonna fucking <laughs> no no i i'd like to think i'm much more like paternalistic than i thought i'd be like i'm much more authoritarian than i <laughs> like to admit in the past but i don't think i would take it to that extreme now i did do something oh i didn't tell you about this shit you want to hear some crazy shit yeah he hurt his knee the other day he got this like stick like pretty good wedged in there and like it pulled out and it was in like a good like you know three-eighths of an inch like deep deep in this thing and he was freaked out he was bleeding it was pretty bad it didn't look good. We cleaned it out. I got over there. And then I got, took him on his toy truck. And he was walking around. He said it hurt. It hurt. He could walk, though. The next day, he told Alexis it hurt so much that he couldn't walk. This oh, proceeded no. for him to not walk for seven days straight. Now, I knew from the beginning that this motherfucker already had walked. I knew this was some emotional thing. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I knew it was a psychological thing. So the next day I did, this is why I'm bringing it up, but I want to also want to prove that I was vindicated and totally validated because we did take him to the doctor eventually because we're not monsters. <laughs> but the next day I could see that it was emotional and I knew right. he, he just wasn't accustomed to feeling pain that lasted for like more than a day or two. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a lesson you're going to learn, you know, that mm-hmm. sometimes it's a boo-boo hurts for more than a day. But at some point it clearly it was like scar was healing up. It was no big deal. It was this little thing. He still was like scooting around. Like, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, he's not mm. walking at all. But the second day, I, I put him in the middle of a room. He was holding onto a chair. And I'm like, dude, does it really hurt? I'd been watching to see if he had actually been putting pressure on it. Like, to see if it was a psychological thing, if there were movements that didn't actually hurt it. So I saw that he was fine. And I put him in a room with the chair. And then I was like, I'm going to take the chair away now. Just try to walk to me. And I could see him getting tense before it even happened. And I was like, dude. So I took it away. He like, you know, was like almost had like a mini freak out and I put it back before he totally did. And I was like, I guarantee this is emotional. It's going to be gone in a few days. Alexis got upset about it, you know, because she has to live with it more than I do. I'm over there like three, four times a week, you know, for a few hours. I take him over here. It's not a big deal. For her, this is her life. He's a kid who's fucking refusing to walk. She has a baby. It's a whole thing. It's like, yeah. She's like, her, Yeah, exactly. And he's just like kind of like a psychopath at this age. He's like so crazy. But um, we took him to the doctor. Middle of Corona, we have to wear masks. This motherfucker's in a fucking doctor's office. She's like, yeah. Looks at him for literally a minute. And I knew this is how it was going to go down. She's like, yeah, emotional. He's fine. And I'm like, Whoa. I was, wow. and the next day he walks. And I'm like, this motherfucker, wow. this is how I would act. I'm like, this is terrifying. I've created a monster, but I also know that like, you can see the lessons that like your children go through and you can either buy into that and reinforce that. I mean, I could have panicked. We could have panicked and been like, what's the matter with him? Why can't he walk? Oh my God, is there something serious? Does he have cancer? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, this kid is like, he's bored. He's probably yeah. breaking up the fucking monotony of life. He's trapped in a house. Yeah, right. you know, he's looking at the- his little brother who gets a level of attention where he gets picked up. 
where he doesn't have to fucking walk everywhere or do everything on his own. And he's like, wait a second. And it's triggering this thing. Like I used to get that fucking level of attention. What if I stopped walking? (laughs) So it's a metaphor. I look at all this shit like a metaphor for life. We're always going through these roles. Like sometimes we're Eli. We're like, why don't I get the attention? Blah, blah, blah. And then we recognize like, oh, like I have a lot of toys here. I have a lot of things to entertain me. I'm growing up. I have these different things to learn. I don't have to stay stuck in this shit. Sometimes you have the role of me where it's just like this shit is they were both screaming in my arms the other day and I was laughing because they were in they were syncing up like Eli was upset because I had to move him so Alexis could take a shower. I had Gabe in my arm because he was just cranky and they were syncing up their screams and I'm like this is hilarious like I could either be so mad or find this to be perfectly hilarious and then they calmed down. I was fine. It's like you know it's just how life is. What about giving sugar pills to kids like placebo? Like this will make you really strong. And then when they get, become adults, you say, you know what those pills were? They were sugar pills. They Space were your jam imagination. Juice? They- <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, what, uh, that's what LSD is. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> that's what, what LSD what? is. Wait, wait. What is the appropriate time for you think Eli or a child to maybe take a, a dive into the psychedelic realm? I you, love this question because I saw Alex Gray on a TikTok with Allison must have been like Burning Man or somewhere. He was like, yeah, I think uh, we should, uh, eight years old, we should be microdosing. And I was wow. like, and I was like, thank you for saying it. Because I also have had these thoughts. But I mean, I'm, I wouldn't do it without anyone's consent. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, uh, they're totally safe. They're totally fine. Uh, your kid is like ultimately you know, you'd have to know your child. I would just like you wouldn't want to give your friend who's like super plugged into reality who like doesn't want to get lurched out of it a, a high dose or even a microdose of psychedelics. You wouldn't right. want to give a kid who's buying into that. But if you sense your kid is capable, I don't know. Man, I wish put this... I got mushrooms at, during puberty. Like that would have been primo time because I was like, yeah. what the fuck is going on here? No one, no one could tell me. And I, I feel like the mushroom could have given me a little like peace of heart, you know? Or, yeah. or cannabis in a in a ceremonial, like I cannabis, could see giving yeah. cannabis to a twelve year old in a ceremonial setting, and you know, yeah, that's some fine. Guidelines if around it. I mean, I think if we're probably at the point where there's two ways to go with this government shit, and this is why I say it's important we look at like the rules and regulations because there's always the specter or illusion of the specter of getting in trouble just for mentioning something like that, right? Like yeah. you have to be part of a religious tribe. We're obviously not going to get in trouble. No one's fucking wasting their time listening to that shit. No, right? no, no the one government. Yeah. Us, okay. <laughs> but it's like the regardless, perfect. yeah, but basically there's a lot of value to recognizing you have personal agency of how you want to modulate your reality and what the rules are. If you want to feel like you need to be taken care of by another person, by a government, by a situation, what you end up with is a surveillance state. You Mm. end up with something that is, this is something that Jess has said, and I think it makes a shitload of sense, that basically that's your ultimate codependency. You can either be interdependent and love this shit, or you can consistently need to be fed by something else, and then you're codependent. And you can learn those lessons and however you want to learn them. But one of the ways that people, enough people really feel like they need to be taken care of by something else, that surveillance state, that's where you end up because then you're, everything is good. Everything's fine. You may fucking live in Westworld and everything is predetermined for you. But yeah. yeah um, well, this is what nine eleven did to us. Yeah. Like we had this, this traumatic moment and, yeah. and the, the real trauma they say isn't, isn't the traumatic event. It's the, the how far you stray in the time after in, in losing a sense of yourself and who you are. And that's what happened to America in a real way. After nine 11, there was this traumatic event. And instead of 
deal with the pain in a real way. The way we wanted to deal with it was to see George Bush standing on the rubble saying, we're going to fuck someone up over this. And yeah, yeah, that was the way people wanted to process unconscious masculinity. Everyone did. Everyone Vietnam. Vietnam was yeah. a rage against that. And that was ultimately a collective kind of, I not want to say disappointment, but I feel like a lot of people who had to live through that felt jaded from those experiences and kind of like, that's not how the world works. Um, but now everything is so malleable that that is how the world works. You can take personal agency. This can be the summer of love. This mm-hmm. could very well, you know, 69, what is it? What's, what's, what's the summer of 69? love was 67. 67. So what is it on the sevens, this next go around? How, what anniversary is that? That would oh be the God. 60th anniversary. So there you go. You could have summers of love until then. Who the fuck yeah. knows? It's whatever you want. It's like, that's All the difference of, of love. Yeah, that's the, that's the difference of like this reality now is it really is whatever you make it. It's like this couldn't be more apparent and, you know. Yeah, I, just, and, and, I mean, look what the summer of love was. It was like a, it was like a rose just, just blossoming and it was beautiful. And, that's what this energy feels like to and me. It was, and it was due to all the beautiful art that was being made and the heart expansion and the psychedelics and the communal living all of these things that were born out of the circumstances of the forties and fifties were, were just, it was just blossoming and it was so beautiful. And then the media comes along and co-ops it and labels it the summer of love. And but now that we have it, it flipped. It's flipped though now because the mm-hmm. media is no, now the thing that has been flipped from the inside out. It's like this crazy fractal thing that keeps like it undoing itself. Mm-hmm. And now all these tools that even if people are like, hey, it's a surveillance, they're gathering your data, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, but we can still use them to connect. I mean, this you guys saw this, I'm sure, with TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like TikTok, it's fun. There's like something there to it. Like I don't judge the shit. I, I found so many amazing things that have made me laugh for probably countless hours on yeah. TikTok that I still think about. I'm like, that's crazy. <gasps> so like this stuff doesn't have to be this nefarious fucking overlay of reality it's just engage with the stuff that actually like you want to engage with and do the shit that you're passionate about and like if you don't get a better example of this this is the best i don't want to say it's the best example this is the best example i've seen to date to actually do this and also not judge yourself because we're getting this like pause it's like we pause the game we pause the game get up to go to the bathroom, get some food, you know, have some sex, mm-hmm. do some drugs, figure out what the fuck you're going to do in the game again. You got the game. It's an RPG. Go figure out what armor you want to put on, what spells you want to learn. Mm. Like, that's what we're doing. And it's like, it's pretty gentle too. Like, we think of this yeah. as some catastrophic, even the worst case pandemic estimates. I haven't seen what that total tally is, but it's probably like what, like, 200 million deaths or something and i don't want to minimize fucking 200 million Uh, individual (laughs) experiences of death but i do want to say like proportionally gently as fucked up as so many people are collectively sitting in right now that's gentle as shit that's such a swat on the fucking wrist and that's not even what happened even if it's so much gentler than that well totally even even if we all die noah because you know you don't actually become immune and you just keep getting it and you get it until it overtakes your system. I mean, we were watching, this is the end that uh, Seth Rogen and all the comedians movie. And I was like, that's scary as shit. Like, yeah, that's bad. (laughs) This is great. This is great. Also like, you know, I think we'll probably this virus. I think the people who died from it will ultimately be commemorized and remembered as people who probably had to die the worst from something like this. 
people in, adv- in in the future will be able to make a choice of like being around their family. They'll know more. Oh, you can be around your grandkids. You can be around these people. You're not going to get it. It's something that is completely not dependent on that. I don't think it's a vaccine. That's what I mean. Like a vaccine is this, it's this hope in some way that this one thing is going to, and I see the remdesivir and I hope this shit works. I really do. Like I don't, I'm not against any cure that's allotropically going to get to this, but I do think like, Figure out the questions of how you want to live, how you want to die. Figure mm. that shit out and then see that maybe you don't even like think about the virus in the same way. Not in like you're not paying attention to it, sticking your head in the sand, but like you maybe get some different perspectives from a macro point, which doesn't diminish the immense suffering from the individual point. You can actually go there and experience that trauma. I mean, this is what psychedelics allow us to do. Sometimes it's not even our own trauma. It's other people's, it's ancestral, it's other stuff, which is our own, let's be clear, but like through that lens, like you process a lot of shit sometimes. Um, and you know, some of it's us signed up for that. <laughs> so. Well, I think we all did, but yeah. a lot of us, uh, have chosen to, instead of just fucking take it on the chin, like try to, try to protect ourselves. And, and I understand that instinct, but it's, it's not one that does end up protecting you in the long run. I think people are going to realize that having this time because, you know, you have to wear a lot of masks to Too many. To, to to get through to get through a fucking day Too in twenty twenty. You have to put on all these masks, and I think that if if tomorrow it were like boom, boom, we're back to normal. I think that's just gonna be people saying like, "Fuck that mask is." There's been no like normal. Sitting, like, I There's don't want to no fucking no- put that thing back on. Yeah. There's no normal. I mean, this is the thing that people like. There was never any normal, just to be clear. Just mm. some people, enough people bought into the idea that this is yes. how things work. Right. The longer it goes, people are going to be like, wait a second. Maybe there's a wizard. Maybe it's not actually a wizard. Maybe there's a man behind the curtain. Like, what's mm. going on behind there? But that also, like, it doesn't solve the issue of, like, where, you know, is this just a dream? Was that just Dorothy's dream? It's not answering those fundamental questions of what's going on. So, like, you still have work to do. But, like, yeah, the systems that were in place, like, they're throwing money at people. That's the whole reason I did this fucking loan shit is they're throwing money. And it's obvious why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. These systems are predicated on money. It's like a bloodstream. Yeah. It has to be healthy. If you think of like the economy, and this is like a weird fucking way to think about it, but it's a bloodstream and money has to move through it and that's how it works. Mm. You need to have money move through it. So they're like, here's money, here's money. Eventually, obviously the system has to change to in order for it to like accommodate this blood system. And this is an evolution. And I think this is the coolest part that I've seen. Rather than try to wholesale switch the systems and switch everything, you just incentivize better shit. You incentivize mm-hmm. healing the planet. You incentivize healing people. You incentivize, you know, having a more equitable distribution of wealth. Not because it's like there can't still be rich people who have things other people don't have. The people who want to play that game, play that game forever. But maybe the mm-hmm. people who don't have that kind of see through it for the most part are like, I have to have a fucking helicopter and a jet. If I want one, by all means, be one of the people who emphasizes that. And you can probably be one of those people. There's nothing you're saying you can't. So I think like we have this ability to like create our reality right now, really identify what we care about because the money is being fed out to you if you want it. And I know for people who are like, no, it's not. I'm not getting it. I know people still waiting on checks. All I would say is fucking self-helpy and douchey as this says, just make sure you're not reinforcing a pattern that says you're getting fucked and that money never comes to you when you need it. Just catch that. If all you do is catch it, be like, oh shit, what the fuck is that? And be like, oh, I, money's definitely coming to me. And then notice like what starts to happen. Like it sounds fucking weird. And it sounds like the last thing you would want to say to someone who just like is in the worst position. 
but it's powerful because it does modulate your reality in the same way that anything else does meditation, psychedelics, inner work, exercise, food, healthy living. Like, it just shows you that you have control over this shit. Like, for real. Oh, yeah. Don't run that fucking pattern. And also, you have control like to, to what we've been saying this whole time. All three of us, we, we all know, we go through financial struggles. We've talked about it a million times. Like it's, yeah. it's, but none of us let it control the narrative. You know, no. that, that's that, that's definitely something I, I learned from you, especially as you go into this world of taking out loans and shit. Like I, I'm like, well, well, eh, fuck it, whatever. Noah's doing it. It's like, it's, and I learned that from Jessa. She gave me. Yeah. I was doing it. Luckily, well, here's the truth. I did it before, but as soon as I did it, I heard. It validated from someone else who I was respecting their opinion, who was like sharing shit that I knew. And I was like, all right, I guess I have to do this now. Mm. And she just made a lot of sense too. And I spoke mm. to about it to her subsequently recently on her podcast. Like, it's just how it works. Like, it's you, this isn't like a complicated thing. This is also how the systems are built. The things that like we're so angry about, like the big corporations doing, do it. Just fucking right. do it. Like you can be, and it's not being a scumbag at this point. It's already being done. So you might as well, you can look at it as Robin Hooding. You can look at it, taking from the rich, giving to the poor, however the fuck you want. It's just there. And so at that point, if you look at it like that, what are you going to, what is going to happen? I'm file for bankruptcy. And then what? My yeah. company is going to file for bankruptcy. I'm going to file for bankruptcy. They're going to take my kids away. Yeah. No, no. I, my relationships are amazing. What am I going to take my house away? I rent this place. The mortgage, the deed is going to be in Alexis. I'm going to, oh, that place is always like, what do you mean? I'm yeah. good. All these yeah. people I can go and stay with, like, like yeah. But that's not, you don't even have to go there because when you transcend that as like a way of thinking, I know this sounds fucking self helpy, Neville Goddardy, Trumpian, even sometimes, but when you really transcend it, you just recognize there's always a solution. And if you don't fight it, you can actually get where you want to be. And sometimes you want to be in a place that isn't where you thought you wanted to be. I thought I was going to L.A. How long did I talk about I was going to be in L.A. for? It was, mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was a foregone conclusion. It was, it was like, I'm going to L.A. And then, uh, man, life threw some things at you. And you were like, not only am I not going to L.A., like, I'm, ha I'm more psyched than ever that I'm going to be in New York. <laughs> it's and the best, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, well, but it, it ain't even about L.A. or New York. It's about your state of mind and, you know, the, the way you're seeing the world and you're not seeing it through victimhood consciousness. Like, that that seems to be, like, a major yeah. thesis of what I've seen go down with you is, like, the idea that um, you're fucked in any way is out the window. I just don't accept it in my reality. And I it doesn't negate pain and suffering. Like, I've had a lot of physical pain and emotional pain and I expect on some level as I work through things I want to grow through out there's some more but it doesn't mean I have to let that narrative run my life and that's what I was saying about the pain and like my shoulders and stuff before like that's something I could have thought about just in the middle of a podcast and I could be like oh no there's something wrong with me what the fuck and that could have cascaded forever and ever but mm -hmm. I just change it and go oh there's a lesson here maybe it's a dead person maybe it's some energy maybe it's oh. just the psychic emanation who the fuck knows it's your angel wings that's exactly what I was thinking that's what I was thinking too I was like Noah's growing his angel wings and every time that's what I was thinking before too that's so crazy it's, it's so the great. reminder that's the, it's just the reminder and it's a little painful and the thing is is like that's what being here is too like we feel like if you look at pain and suffering without welcoming on it constantly as an energy, because you can appreciate it and utilize it. But if you look at it as like a fertilizer for you growing something powerful and beautiful, you certainly don't fear it. You certainly don't hate it. You just yeah. kind of like, it's like a purgative, cleansing, detoxifying death that 
then lets you, you know, sprout that flower. So a lot, so many people that, you know, that see me do, uh, the Sananga drops. Have you ever been over here when I've done I those? have to do those. No, <laughs> they don't understand. Like even Cass really, I understand. You understand why I do that? Yeah, but I'm not doing the, it. Basically, Sananga, <laughs> it's, Sananga is this jungle medicine. It's like this tree bark that they, they use it to see better at night. It, it's this tree bark they use. They dilute it in water and you put some drops in your eyes and it just burns your fucking eyes out. And like, like unbelievable pain. Unreal. You've never experienced something so like it, it, it's I already know acid. though. I already yeah, know the one time for me. Oh, one yeah. time I'm good on that. I don't oh, need to do that dude, again. It's, it is. I love that you love it. You do it and, and it like it it brings to life something your your body actually kind of goes into it, it releases all those chemicals of like oh shit we got but then like the 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 practice of breathing through that right, which seems right. like this unending pain and getting to the other side of it like you're fucking more of a fucking man after that shit that's the whatever it is you more. need to be you can handle more and that's cross training for other par- portions of my life cuz it's painful as hell to watch my sister have a seizure Right. And hurt herself, and there's blood everywhere. Right, and it's like it's setting off all these things that make you want to fucking panic and go into crazy powerless, anxiety. like you're powerless. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and even setting off those things that make you want to control it. When you put the sonanga drops in your eyes, there's no controlling it. There's nothing to control besides your breathing, and I can take that lesson into a bad fight with Cass or watching my sister have a seizure. Or fucking destroying my foot when a nitrous tank goes shooting on top of it. Yeah, your you foot. Know? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you just take it all. You, you all take it as like, oh, these are the lessons I needed to wake myself up to appreciate this temple more, to treat it better, and to learn how to cope with pain because pain is pain is not as painful as we fucking make it out to be. No, you extend <laughs> what we what we probably don't like about pain. What we identify as like souls of like the bad part of it, we extend by resisting it rather than just being like, oh, okay. And like one of the ways we can actually do that is like, so you say angel wings. That's what I was thinking before. You create a narrative. You don't even need to express it out loud and it's expressed. If you believe that's what it is, then I get the validation from you that you thought it was. Also angel wings, we don't, this just probably to you and me means I'm just acting as like the Christ itself. I'm acting as like the best yeah. version of myself. It doesn't mean I'm fucking gonna go fly off somewhere yeah. right now. It's mm. important to just like, all of these pain lessons, when you can appreciate them, they're, you, it's like they're good. Like it's the yeah. weirdest fucking thing. And like you, and there is this action, and I try not to say this recklessly, but when you recognize that they're good, you have more control of when you want to experience them. And this goes for other people in your life. When you're mentioning mm-hmm. your sister and things like that, like you can warp reality pretty fucking good. You don't figure out the ways and means. But if you see someone suffering and they can't handle it for themselves and there's no good reason you can't handle it for them energetically, fucking play around with that. These are powerful fucking lessons that we teach ourselves because this is everyone. You know, you're right. your sister. She's you. I'm your sister. Cassie, everyone's yeah. all well, this stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, half the population, women get their period and get like debilitating cramps once a month for like a day, two days, three days a week. You know what I mean? And. And I've definitely done that dance with period pain and kind of like embracing and accepting and like rolling through it and also recognizing that, oh, wow, this is like taps me into a deeper collective pain. Like when you're in pain, you get you there's a connection that then forms with pain, you know, and then other people who are in pain and suffering and stuff like that. And so 
it makes me realize like there is, you know, men have their strengths and women have their strengths. But I think part of the strength that women have comes from remembering over and over and over again, getting that constant reminder of the pain of like clearing out your uterus so you can have a baby, you know, that kind of stuff. The pain of having a child, the the, the pain of continuing life on this planet and the pain that goes along with it. Men aren't tapped into it, so that we're pussies is the truth. We're like it's the wrong term to use. Yeah, it's truthfully like <laughs> it's unimaginable. Like Alexis didn't get a, a epidural uh, last time because Gabe came too fast. Because I was like a doofus imagining the fastest and smoothest birth possible. <laughs> oh, you asshole! And, <laughs> and then she didn't have time to get the epidural. Trust me, like I don't. Men just by and large, when it comes to pain, no matter how much they think they can take, can't process, at least from what I've seen for the most part, close to the amount of pain. And this means emotional, psychological. That's something that I just think is like an acceptance thing that as as I've accepted that, I've seen it. And it doesn't diminish men's strength, the masculine. It's just that like mm-hmm. that capacity to hold and connect and engage with pain. That's a feminine, that's a, that's a feminine oh, yeah. fucking and, quality. And Holy you know what shit. we do? We get jealous, so we deal with all of that stuff by fighting wars and uh, hand-to-hand combat and all these, all the, all of the pain that that we figure out how to exercise in the world that we manufacture because it's not inherent to our our bodily situation. So you know, we see women and we see how strong they are and everything. We're supposed to be the strong ones. We'll show them. We'll go fucking. We'll fight wars. We'll fight each other. We'll fucking whatever it takes. You know, the, the silliness. I found silliness. something out. I found something out in this book that Eli. I got Eli to pick up books out the top shelf today, and he picked up the one that he liked. And it was this alchemy book by Louise Marie Marie Louise von Franz, Carl Jung's like woman translator. And in this book, it talks about how Isis got Ra to the sun god to reveal his secret name. And so when a god mm. in Egypt or goddess revealed their secret name, whoever heard it got their power. So he was like, she set up for a snake to bite Ra towards the end of his life, end of his life. And she got him to reveal his name. So she had power over the sun too. And this was just like the ISIS cults were very important. And they also said, this is why I brought it up, that she was the, she created alchemy. She created it. Like actually that was her gift and that cascaded down to the Greeks when they came there and all this other stuff. So it is a giving thing too. It is a, there's a taking giving aspect of this. And that is like the menstrual cycle, the lunar calendar. And I do think like, like if we go back to the virus being feminine, I think this is a feminine way of teaching lessons. It is destroyer. It is Kali. It is death. It is I am death. I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. But if you can see that she is also the creator, the sustainer, the everything, um, you know, there's a bright future for those of us who still want to engage with this place in a respectful way. And I think those lessons will continuously be learned. It's not like you better be good. It's just like, hey, if you want to like enjoy and live an amazingly abundant, awesome place, like probably want to appreciate it. You don't want to waste it. You can jump off this ride, go somewhere else, and you can appreciate that in a different way. That's what it feels like, which may sound callous um, in some ways, but I don't think it is because it basically makes you want to just make other people feel happy and liberated and free. And if that's who gives a shit, what gets you there, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah. You see what I'm down to see what I'm on now. I do. I do. 
I, I don't know, man. Uh, uh, the amount of cannabis I've been smoking during this thing, I think, was fucking with my chest, you know? So I had to... I don't even know if I'm this is particularly good for that, but... I don't know. I just keep smoking. I think the tobacco, I don't know. That shit, I, who knows, I cut man. it out. I had to. That was, what, a couple of weeks ago? I was like, not only can I not, because Carrie rolls the best spliffs, and we smoke them, and I love it. It's such a bonding thing. Yeah, um, oh, man, but tobacco I can't do for it. me. Can't do it. It's not I worth can't. the high. It's, I, I don't know. I just, like... I don't know. I haven't even been doing that many things um, recently. I microdose, not micro, I mini dose, we'll call it today for the mm. first time in like a a real while. And it's great. I oh, love dude. it. <laughs> 30, 40 mics. Yeah, that's nice. what I do. That That's, mm. yeah, that, yeah, it's a good name we for it. We always try to microdose and shots like. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I think that's a good, it just gets you in touch with what is actually going on. It's not always pleasant. It's like anything. Yeah. This life is a trip. It literally is a trip. We are taking a trip through this world as us. We're the spaceship. We're also on a spaceship, in a spaceship. It's a whole thing. Mm. You know, the UFOs, they're now dropping UFOs on people now. They're like, aliens are here. This is a good time for it. Here you go. Here's the aliens. <laughs> yeah. The government's like, we don't, we give up. Well, the, we our military budget now needs to be going solely to the Space Force. And honestly, I can kind of get behind that until we start bombing the moon, you know? You're, you want Space Force now? No, no, I don't want Space Space Force, but I'd rather us put money and research into protecting us globally than like us in fighting. Yeah, We're good. yeah, We're good. That, that's what that, that's actually a really good call. I bet you they confirmed these UFO sightings because they're like, no one's going to be putting up after this pandemic. No one's going to be putting up with us invading other countries and not. bombing other countries to the tune of seven trillion dollars. Maybe that's not the best use of our resources, and maybe the jig is up with that. So mm, let them know point. about the UFOs, and we can still kind of fleece them and figure out ways to, you know, put put money into the military uh, to deal with that fear. Because that's all the all the military is there to do is to just deal with our fear. And if we can create a new one, because fear the jig is, is real, up though, right? That's the crazy thing about fear. If you're really buying into fear, you're creating that reality for yourself. Ultimately, I think it's just a not satisfying game, which is why it's not like you don't get the oomph. It's like it's not yeah. a, the payoff never happens, you know, and you could say, oh, well, there's not going to be an apocalypse until it happens. But it's like, you know what? Like, this is pretty apocalyptic. Everyone's <laughs> watching the apocalypse movie right now. We're all kind of doing this weird thing yeah. with masks and fucking it's a thing. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. You guys know drive around with bandanas like you're always going to rob a bank if you have sunglasses, playing music, smoking weed. What's going on? This shit is so wild. It's like I live by a train station. Like there's a river. It doesn't make sense. But anyway, the point yeah. is this is it's pretty if you recognize that that is all just designed to get you to like wake up with like how ridiculous everything is and that you can actually you have control, which mm -hmm. is a dirty word for this stuff because it feels like you don't sometimes. Um, it's responsibility. You're responsible for not only your own consciousness, but then everyone else is in, within your field of vision because they're you too. So you're responsible for their shit too. And you have to be able to do that without getting weird about it and yeah. being cool. And it's don't pretty possible. It. It's pretty, <laughs> don't get weird about it. You can get weird about it. You see me get weird about it. I've been weird about it, been not weird about it. It happens. But like, if you always kind of know that your ultimate expression is your you're a good person, you're a cool person, you're probably meant to be doing good shit. And I always say this because anyone who's listening to this podcast, your podcast, my podcast, you can't, it's like there's like a shield around it that you can't get this far into an episode 
unless you're vibrating at the frequency. So at that point, you're a good person. You're a cool person. You're probably doing cool shit. You know, you're highly creative. Like just own that shit and drop all the other stuff and do it and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Like I keep, I keep thinking about that thing of control and, and I do think like to what you were trying to teach Eli, like the control is really in how you react. Everything else might be completely fucking it not gets up to you. us. Doesn't it get you to the point where then you eventually realize that you are actually in control of even the stuff you thought you want? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's why it's effective. That's why I felt comfortable saying it to him. I'm like, you always have a choice of how you would like to. It's like eventually you'll realize like you've been doing this shit the whole time. Like you mm. wanted this as much mm. as anyone else, which is a crazy thing to accept with another person, let alone like multiple people that like, these are co-choices being made at any given point. It's not just like one person because mm. you are everything. You're reflections. That's why I think duality is fucking awesome. You know, if you think about that you guys incarnated into bodies because you loved each other so much and you love this experience so much, you're like, listen, we're going to take the pain. We're going to take the suffering. We're going to take these weird shit because we'll actually have the physical connection to be able yeah. to be together. That's badass. That's like super fucking cool. Oh, so yeah. And we'll take everything that goes along with it. Yeah, that's a bad, that's cool. That's cool. That's very cool. It, it's like you go to an amusement park. Like when you really think about going to an amusement park, fucking 85% of it sucks. Like the parking, the lines, the price, the food, the fucking, the, the heat, this and that. But then you get on these rides every now and then. Yeah. It. Like maybe 10, 15% of the time. And it's like, wow. Wow. Fuck so yeah. You know, and, and like it, it, we're here. We're here. We can make the whole thing into an amusement park. Every day can be a ride. And we get and to decide. And without it being reckless and careless, you make the gnarly shit and the suffering that you objectively see out there. That's part. If that's within your field of vision, that's real. Mm. Let it be the thing that either helps you modulate that because you know how to do it internally, or be a reminder not to get too off track and only focus on your very narrow width of what you want. But that yeah. that's not as hard as people think. Like, and there's usually I found people erring on like being too hard on themselves, like too strict. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not this other thing. Like they're reckless maniacs running around doing this horrible shit. It's usually the exact opposite. Like they're not doing much of anything because they're afraid of getting out of line, taking on debt, you know, doing this, yeah. breaking up a marriage. It's like, yeah, ah, shit mm-hmm. has a way of working out. If you understand that, like it's your choice, step into that role. Uh, I know it sounds, but it's almost like what you're saying is almost impossible to impart on another person. Like I, I, you do it by living it. You do it by living it. That's how you do it. That's what I, that's all I know. You can shout it from the rooftop rooftops. I mean, this is why we, we talk about this stuff, but I think there is a resonant frequency that makes it easier for people. It's like, if you think of yourself in like, like a corn trail or like you're foraging ahead, like on the frontier, like you're cutting a path. So it's a little bit easier for people to move through it. Mm. I do feel like that's what a lot of this shit is about. Well, it's it's that weird thing I was talking about before. It's like, it's like people need permission, whether we know it or not. Like, like we need permission. We need to see someone already doing it. We need these archetypes. We need someone uh, that even if it's an illusion, we need to to kind of like say, oh, well, 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 Noah already cleared this area. Yeah, it's an illusion. Exactly. And like you created us. We created you. They create anyone who's listening created us, you know, and we created you. and We all created each other. And here we are. So and if you're putting that all out and we sound like people you like, that means you're one of those people. Just fucking embrace it. 
You know oh I mean? yeah, and and once you embrace it, man, then you're having the most fun ever. I, that's all I could speak to for our little community that we have. Like that thread of people that uh, we all still text <laughs> from the Ween Show. Like that warms my heart every day. Like somebody's putting some fucking awesome <laughs> Ween related or unrelated thing in there, and like we're all on a on like we're locked into a certain way of. Uh, of communicating with each other and seeing the world that's like really cool and playful and, and that like it took us getting there it took us having to relinquish control and relinquish judgments and accept each other for who we who each other are to yeah. get to this place of like sharing such a beautiful experience together so cool yeah. life is good yeah man. <laughs> good 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 Good, good, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> That's how you do readings. You know how yeah. it is. <laughs> well, thanks for checking in with us. I really appreciate yeah. you being on our new YouTube show. It's the same as our podcast, but now you can watch us get high. Do you know? Oh, I wanted to tell you guys too. We're doing online smoke sessions through oh, yeah. the Patreon thing, and I want we could do. I'm figuring out how to make it cool. I think it's gonna be Zoom, because like cool. you know, you can pump music through. And like yeah. have it come from a thing. So there's music playing and then you can smoke weed and you can get the, I'm waiting for the upgrade on the, you know, like we're using the um, snap filter thing where you could have mm. like planets around your head and shit. Were you guys using that? You could be a potato. We haven't got you guys do that. No. Okay. They fucked it up for Mac people, but there's an update coming. I'll let you know. Cause then it's fun. There's been these like zoom DJ parties, but like, yeah. I was just thinking like we smoke weed anyway. We might as do you well. want to host a party together? Yeah. Like That'd we might fun, as well, man. like just a virtual one for now. Like it yeah. literally would be just this. It's yeah. just, there would be other people and they would either be mic'd or not. Who knows? We could And music. And then we could chat about the music. Yeah. And music the, and chat the about chat the music. Room. It's like fun. We'd just do a party. Oh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be really fun. Well, people be are like doing it. I know how to, yeah, collab. I know how to do it. They have seen them do it so I can just emulate it. We'll figure oh, it out. Oh, cool. Right well, on. yeah, it's funny because if you listen to our podcast from before this quarantine, we were getting all kinds of things going. And we're like, cool, you're going to be able to come to the very ape synchronicity event soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to have this new podcast together. And then it's just like, but we can It'll happen. Just take a pause. But I think this will be fun in the meantime. Mm -hmm. And then people I know, people are still hitting me out. Like, I want to come to a live event when this is over, which shows that it's obviously going to be over. So. Yeah, if people want to hang with us, maybe we could just do a big-ass Zoom call and just kind of be there for people. Maybe, like, we could uh, carve out space for, like, each person in there to introduce himself, talk yeah, about it's a fun how they thing. know about us, and maybe they have a question or something. Share the stories. goal would be to get... Have you seen these, like, 24-7 feeds where they just, like, do streams for, like, since February of, like, chill music or whatever? And yeah, just how constantly they get away on? with that? Okay, they just are constantly having a thing making it, but what I was saying is, is, like, we could basically have like a 24 seven channel that you could like flip through based on like, we wouldn't have to do the programming, but that mm. people could just tune in and host it as they want. And we give certain people those privileges. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think it's pretty easy for us to do that. Mm. I gotta, I gotta think about this. Cause it's like, all it is is hanging out. That's the one thing I right. know we're all really good at is hanging out. Love to hang oh, out. Not it could a problem. be the eternal hang. Because like exactly. you know, they have like the eternal flame, like like you know, like I want to figure this out. Somebody always has to be like holding the space in the eternal okay. hang. Like I'm here, I might be by myself smoking this joint. Oh, it's like I'm pirate here. radio, like everyone, like on yeah. the radio. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I have a question. If I'm buying a camera, and I wanted to do good, really good video, like what range should I be looking at? Because like I, I'm gonna be well, getting a camera. Let's do some research and talk about that off the podcast. Okay. Um, okay. And also maybe one of these times you can play us a song. I see you have that guitar behind you. Oh yeah, next time. Oh. 
Yeah, Next time. yeah. Okay. Pull it out and do like show us that. I got thing. it. I have a good mic too, so I can actually do it. Oh, great. Yeah, we yeah. Um, definitely want to incorporate A ween cover music. maybe too? Ooh. I can do a ween cover. You can do tender situation. We can I can always do tender situation. Nice <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. Guys Thanks for, oh, that, that guitar teacher watching ween for the first time, dude, that made my day yesterday. Bro. Isn't it amazing? Because he's such like, he's, <laughs> it's so great. You yeah. don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. He's just like, whoa, yeah. what? And yeah. he's like so confused and he's right. Like it is more complicated than people would think. Theory wise, oh, it's satisfying. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, well, this was fucking rad. We'll see you on the other side. We're yeah. gonna be here. Yeah, yeah. Come hang too. Come cool. On. I know. Oh yeah, come yeah, up. yeah. We'll do that. All right, love yeah. you, Noah. We'll see you All soon. Right, peace, guys. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Here we are. Is that just us now? Yeah, I feel like we just waited out. Mm. And now we're you want to just sit here until the next podcast? I guess that's what we're doing now. Okay. And just breathe together and people can breathe with us. <sighs> yeah. Noah's the best. Uh, we've done so many podcasts with him. You should go back and find those. They're, they're always really fun and enlightening. And you can learn a lot more about our friendship by listening to them. Oh, yeah. We've been on his podcast a bunch, too. and The Synchronicity Podcast. And we're both part of the Mind Pod Network, which Noah runs. A whole bunch of really cool podcasts on there. Shout out to Michael Donovan for introducing me to Noah and encouraging me to have a podcast to begin with. And he's also on the MindPod Network. And if Just you, thought of him. I love him. I yeah. love Michael. And I love you all. So thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.